Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Money Boss Summit. Uh, Bill Allen has just spoken to us in the, in the first session, and it's all about flipping houses. And is it really a possibility for someone like you who may not have enough time, may not have enough money, but really wants to find a way to the financial freedom or something else to do in their life? Now, here we're going to be talking about some of the best resources Bill found useful in doing what he does best and building his company up, as well as finding money in creative ways. So stick around and listen up. Bill, please take it away. All right. Um, let's start with creative financing because I think this is the, like once this, this concept changes in your mind, um, you'll realize that there's a couple different ways uh, to do this business. So primarily the way that we operate is, um, I, and I need to set this framework in your mind too, is off market houses. So we don't buy houses that are on market. We buy only off-market houses directly from the seller. So if you are going to go into somebody's home and negotiate their house for purchase, you've got to be really good at marketing to get leads and sales to, make that, to get them uh, to negotiate that. So the way I look at this is it's almost like a pawn shop. So like I think of myself as a pawn shop, like my company. People like sellers, a lot of people say, why would a seller sell their house for 50 cents on the dollar when they can just put it on the market and get even 90 cents from a real estate agent, right? Well, think about a pawn shop. Like why do people walk into a pawn shop when they know that the diamond ring that they're about to sell costs $10,000 and they're going to get $1,000 for it at the pawn shop. Like they know going in that they're only going to get $1,000. Maybe they're hoping to get 2,000, but they know they're not getting 10, right? They need money. They need the money today. Like they need the cash in their hand right then when they walk out to go do something with. And, and that something is a lot of different things. So we operate the fix and flip world, the real estate investors in a whole nother world than, that you know exists right now. So that other world is real estate agents, it's, it's MLS listings, it's houses on the market, it's all of that stuff, the retail stuff. You see a sign in the yard, you call about it. That is never gonna work for you as an investment property. It might work as a rental property, it's possible, but it's never gonna work as a flip because there's not enough margin building. So in order for us to build the margin, what we do is we trade equity for ease and speed of transaction. So let me say that again. We trade equity in the home. The seller is basically trading equity to us and we're gonna make it easy for them and, and move fast. So, and take away a problem. We're problem solvers. It's a people business. It's not real estate business, it's people. So with all of that, you've got somebody who's, you got two options. You got somebody who's in distress, so you got a distressed seller, or you have a distressed home. So a home that is totally beat up, no real estate agent is going to list it unless they fix it up a little bit. It's not going to, there's not going to be a lot of showings and things like that. So, or a distressed seller. So sometimes I have a beautiful house that's in great condition and the seller is just really distressed and needs money tomorrow. And they can't get that with somebody who's bringing a mortgage to the property and a real estate agent and all this stuff putting on the market and, and taking pictures and, and having showings. I've had somebody, I've had a woman who said, I have so many antiques in this house. I just don't want anybody to come in here. Like it's, I don't want anybody in my house. So she called me and she's like, can you just buy it? Like, I don't care what it is. Just buy it. I don't want people coming in. Um, I've had somebody who had a perfect house, $170,000 house. And depending on what market you're in, you might be like, that's a really cheap house. It was a nice house in Pensacola, Florida. And they, we, they wanted a hundred thousand dollars. My agent went in there, my, my buying agent was like 95 and she was fighting. I was like, what are you doing? Just give them a hundred and let's go. $100,000 because they didn't like the apartment building that was being built behind their house. 
And they bought another house for cash even before we closed. And it's like, they didn't need the money. They just wanted to be out of there. What we found out later that we didn't uncover at the appointment was the next door neighbors and them had this huge feud going on. So probably what they didn't want to do is put a sign in their, their yard so that they saw, they just wanted to flip, get, get out of there. Like, hey, we're out of here. Like, you don't even know that we're leaving, we're gone. It was, it was strange, but we put the house on the market the next day for $170,000 and we got it. And so we made like $45,000 after all the fees on a house that was in perfect condition. It was two years old. It was just built. So there's opportunities out there like these. And so I, I want to set that up in your head to understand that what we deal in, the pawn shop, people show up, they know that they're not going to get top dollar. And now we figure out a win-win where we help them. We take away their problem. Their problem is usually their house or the money that they need for that house. It might be that people, they've had to evict people. Their tenants are treating it uh, like, like garbage. Um, their, their neighbors hate them. Like you never know what you're going to get. It's a crazy business, but it's a, it's a, a distressed world. And right now with the, all the COVID-19 stuff that's happening and uh, the pandemic and you've got people losing their jobs and you've got the stock market crashing and then going back up and who knows what's going to happen and the government bailing everybody out, like distress is high, right? So this is a perfect time to jump in because we deal with distress. When distress goes up, our business goes up. And so that's what we see here. And so with all that in mind, when I go into a house, usually it's the distress problem is here, here's how much cash I have. And this is what I can offer you in cash. And will you take it? And a lot of times the sellers, they, they are not interested in our offer because it's too low. Well, there's a lot of ways that we can do, we can make offers to make it, we can pay a little bit more, but we have to get creative. So that's where the creative financing strategies come in. So you might not have any more cash or the cost of that cash from your lender might be too high. So let's take, let's take a, let's use an example of a, a seller. And Anna, let's say you have a house that you own free and clear. Yeah. You have a house that you own free and clear. You have no mortgage on it, right? And I'm going to buy it and I'm going to flip it. And you want, let's say you want $150,000 for your house. And I'm at like 130,000. I can't pay 150,000. But I know that my money costs a certain amount. Over those four months that I'm flipping it, my money might cost $10,000. So if I didn't have to pay for the cost of money, I could actually pay $140,000. So I could pay more for this house. And there might be some other expenses and fees and points and who knows what else, right? Maybe I can move a little faster because they're gonna provide the money. But if you could take, so Anna, you say, I need 150 and I'm at 130. And I say, look, what if we did this? Like, what are you gonna do with the money? And you say, well, um, I mean, nothing really. I mean, this is a rental house for me. You're gonna put it in your savings account. Well, at okay. least to, to start with, yeah. yeah she's going to put in her savings account and she's got plenty of other money. This is just a house that maybe she inherited this house, right? It's free and clear. She inherited it. She doesn't need it. She's like, well, I don't really have any plans for it, you know? And say, okay, well, um, what, if you, what if you got the money in like four months? Like I could pay a little bit more, but if you got the money in four months, would that be okay? Mm -hmm. You know? And because I can't pay 150. I can pay 130 today and you're just going to put that money in the savings account. Well, like what if, what if you, what if I could pay you a little bit more and, but you don't get your money right now, you get your money in four months. Would, how would that be? And we get in this conversation, right? And maybe eventually she's, I, she says, well, you know, I really want to, I really want to use some of this money to do something or I want to make a little bit off of it or something like that, or it's going to sit in my savings account and make me a half a percent interest. 
And I might say, well, what if, what if, we could, what if I could give you 2% interest on the money? And it sits in the savings account that's still attached to this house. And so maybe I can get her to 145 or 140 and the numbers start working for me. So these are some creative ways. And then what would happen is Anna would be the mortgage holder on the house. So I would buy it. It would come into my name. She would be the mortgage holder on the house. So she would have first position mortgage on the house. And then we would be fixing up her asset. So then I would take my $30,000 that I had in my bank account, fix it up and make it nicer, make it worth more money than it's worth now that she has a mortgage on it. And then I would sell it. I'd pay off Anna and her mortgage. And now four months later, she gets her $145,000, maybe plus interest. Maybe we're paying monthly interest. It's all terms. And then we make, now I only had to put $30,000 in this deal. And maybe I make $30,000. So the return on $30,000 for $30,000 in for four months is massive. So sellers do this all the time. Um, we are doing an apartment building right now as an example. We're buying it for $8.3 million. And the seller is holding $6.1 million. He owns it free and clear. We're buying it for just over $8 million. He's holding a $6.1 million first position mortgage at 3% interest. Interest only payments That's awesome. for four years. Like imagine that. that. That allows that building to cash flow for the next four years higher than any other building we've ever done. Because if we brought in a lender, and we can also close it a lot faster. We can get it done in 30 days instead of, six, instead of two months. So if we brought in a lender, the lender has to have reserves, holdbacks, escrows. Um, they're going to make us, they might do interest only for a year or two years, but we have to have all this capital reserves, all these things. The seller doesn't care about that. He just wants $17,000 a month that he's going to get paid for our note. That's it. $17,000 a month on $6.1 million. And he just didn't, he's, he's got plenty of money. He's not going to put it anywhere else. He'd rather have $17,000. And he wants to see some young apartment investors have a property and, and he really likes my sales rep. So it's like, it's possible. And then the other side is, Anna, let's say maybe you have a mortgage on that house. Okay. Maybe you owe $150,000 on that house and you have a mortgage and I can only pay 140. Like I'm only, I can only pay you 140. But the same thing, maybe your mortgage is 15 years old on a 30 year note and your interest rate is four and a half percent. And so, I, so now I see that you're probably paying down a lot of principal instead of interest. So in the beginning of every mortgage, it's almost all interest, a small amount of principal. As you get later on in the mortgage, it's like half and half, and eventually it becomes mostly principal and less interest. So now I know that I, maybe your mortgage payment on that is, I don't know, $850, $900 a month. And I say, okay, well, I can't pay $150 for this house. But what I could do, since it's not the house that you're living in, it's one of your rental properties, what I could do is like, do you need the money today? Same conversation. Like, do you, or actually not even, this, this one's a little bit different. Here's the talk track on this one. Do you think the bank needs their money today? Or could we wait like four months to get the bank their money? Well, like, do you care when the bank gets their money? Nope. No, you don't care. And maybe, maybe, you, maybe your mortgage is 130 and you, you're getting 20. Like, what if I could give you 20 today and the bank, does, bank has to wait to get their money? Like most sellers are like, oh, what is that all about? Tell me more about that. And so what we do is we take over the, the mortgage on a subject two. So we take it over subject to the existing mortgage. So we buy the house. The mortgage stays in your name, Anna. So we, we have to have some trust here that I'm going to make this payment, that everything's going to go well, that I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to sell it. And so four months later, I fix it up. I sell it. When we close, we pay off the mortgage. 
And that's it. You're done. You walk away from the property. So we can take it over. We make your payments every month. I used to go to Bank of America and, or I used to go to Wells Fargo and uh, pay two mortgages every month. I would go in there and I'd write two checks every month and I'd deposit in two, two of these sellers. So it was two different houses that we were renovating at the time and it put in the two sellers mortgage accounts and just pay their mortgage every month. I like clockwork. Every month I would go down there, give them the checks, put them in. And we didn't put any money in those deals. So then same thing, we're putting $30,000 in to fix them up. We fix them up, we make the mortgage payments along the way. At the end, we pay off the mortgage, the seller walks away, everything's great. So these are the creative financing strategies that where you don't need to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And it also allows you to pay a little bit more so you can be more competitive uh, against your competition. So that's a little taste of creative financing. I know we got some really cool bonuses for you guys on creative financing that goes in more detail and some contracts and, um, it, that are in that presentation for you um, that I think Anna will mention at the end. But these are some ideas and concepts to figure out like the, the block of not having money shouldn't be like, I know people that do, that's all they do is creative financing strategies. Like they just got really good at it and they figure out how to target those. So sellers that are underwater on their house, sellers that mortgage balance is equal to what you can pay for it. And that's all they do is, um, is seller financing. So really powerful tool. Um, that's one of the tools that we use to be able to pay a little bit more and beat out our competition and be more competitive in the market. Sounds good. Um, are there any other resources you want to share um, with, with the group today? Yeah, I think when I was just getting started, I got stuck on, um, on lots of things. Like, uh, I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't have an LLC set up. Um, I just want to tell people, I, I flipped my first uh, two houses in my own name. I had my first couple rental properties in my own name. Um, by no means am I recommending that from a legal strategy or a tax strategy for you guys, okay? But like, don't let all of this stuff stop you from getting started because that's what it does. People use the excuse like, I need to get a business card. I need to get a website. I need to get my LLC set up. I need to get all of these different. I need to get all my financing lined up. I need to, I need to do everything. And so just be careful with that. And then um, I would say probably the best tool that, you can, that can happen is to, to build a relationship with a real estate agent in the beginning. So my first couple deals were on a relationship that I had with a real estate agent who was helping me run the numbers. And somebody who I trusted, who I didn't think was just trying to get listings from me and inflating the price. So access to the multiple listing service, the MLS, that's big. If you don't have it or can't get it, then building a relationship with a real estate agent is really, really important. And um, it was her that pushed me to do, like I did a, a rental house with her and then we found another rental house that she said, you know, you can flip this and make some money. And that, just that one comment right there, um, she wanted the second commission, right? She wanted another commission, but I made $43,000 and it changed the, the entire future of my business and my life was that one comment. And um, I'm very thankful to have had her, had that relationship with her before I moved from Maryland to Florida. But um, those building relationships with people business. Um, there's a lot of tools and resources and, and uh, systems and, and software and all that stuff, but don't get caught up in that in the beginning. Like, I think the, I think the thing that I, if I can impart anything on you, like the tool that I'll give you is to understand that it's a people business and to work on your kind of your, your relationships with contractors, with agents, with uh, inspectors, with uh, lenders, with, other, other wholesalers, other people in the real estate world, it's, it's a team sport. It really is a team sport. And so, um, you know, instead of dropping a bunch of websites and tools on you, I, I'll tell you that. I think, that's, I think that's the best possible thing that I can share with you today. And it, I've had to learn it the hard way. 
Like I tried to buy all the software and get this website that was going to convert and all these different things that people were selling. And I'll tell you the, the best thing is like, believe in yourself, invest in yourself and, and build those relationships and understand it's a people business. If you can solve problems, you can win in this business of real estate and, and any business. That's it. We're a problem solving, like a business solves problems. So understanding what problem you solve and getting really good at solving that problem. I think that's the best tool that you can have. I love it. I love it. It speaks about becoming, you know, a leader, right? First of all, in, in for yourself, and then, like you're saying, sol solving problems for others. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Bill, for your time. Do we want to talk about the next step and how people can actually dive into? Because I know that financing is going to be the. You probably know that too more than I do. That that's the number one of that kind of a objection that folks have. Like, there's no way I have money, or there's no way I can do it. You want to share with yeah. us kind of discuss huge, behind the scenes? <laughs> huge objection, right? And like I mentioned in the, in the, like the previous session that we did together, it's, it's a whole mindset shift that has to change. You have an opportunity. Like you're, you're not going asking for a loan, asking for money, like begging for money. I remember I talked to my aunt one time and I had, I had one of my other aunts was investing with me and my dad was investing some money with me. And I talked to one of their, their sisters and she said, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right here, when my family called me Billy Y when I was growing up, we had my cousin's name was Billy and my name was Billy when we were kids. And they used our middle initial. My middle initial is Yazbek, Croatian family. And, um, and so they, she said, Billy Y, if you need some money, I can lend you some money. And I, after I had pro provided this opportunity to her and I said, whoa, I screwed up here. Like I, I didn't present this. I said, I don't, I don't need money. Like I'm not coming to you asking you for money. So if you change that, like if you shift that, that whole thing, that's the key there, okay? So it's an opportunity. And if you provide the opportunity, it's a win-win. So we, what we did was we put together a, um, like a roadmap for you on raising money. And we have this, I have this it, like entire structure on uh, uh, things that I do to raise money and raising over $15 million. It's just, now it's easy. I can get on a one-hour webinar with some folks that I know and we can raise millions of dollars for these apartment buildings, no problem, in, in, in an hour. Like, that's it. Hour of my time. So you can't get to that point immediately, but you start planting those seeds. So this is going to be a roadmap for you to see, um, like, how, how to raise money and, and change the, that structure. And then the other thing that we did was we put together some really cool stuff for you guys uh, specifically that are in this all-access pass because um, I talked about the creative financing. I mentioned it, like, real short. But my mentor, the guy who taught me this, the creative financing like master, he did a four-hour uh, seminar in Salt Lake City that we recorded. And we've been selling this for a long time for $1,500. But um, Anna is a really good salesperson, so I said, you can have that. And then we also have um, an event that we put on every year that I think would be really helpful for you guys. Um, but we have the recordings from the last four years. We've been doing it for uh, four years. This year is our fifth year called Flip Hacking Live. And I have all of that stuff. I have those four years of event recordings. And what I did was I personally went through and took out the stuff that doesn't apply anymore. And I kept the stuff in that has lasted the test of time. So if it's a presentation from 2016, that's still in there. And so what I, I, instead of you guys going watching, like we have 24 presentations at each of these events, instead of having to watch them all and, and you, because you're just getting started, like what applies, what doesn't apply? Is this kind of old? Is it still working? Like I went through and I just scrapped all the stuff that doesn't work and, and isn't apply anymore and kept only the good stuff. So everything in there is the good stuff for you. So um, it took, you know, it takes a lot of time to go through all that stuff, put it together. But like, I think this is incredibly valuable for you right now to watch some of these, see people that have full-time jobs that are doing it, that have made a million dollars in a year and how they did it. Every single speaker at that event, we make sure that in that 30 minutes that they have, 
they can show you exactly how they did it. Like at the end, you shouldn't, you're not getting upsold something else or is there something that was left out? Like all the tools, tips, strategies are all there. So we put it all together and uh, I'm going to give that to you guys. So hopefully that's okay. Oh my gosh. That's that, these are bonuses on the top of bonuses. This is, this is awesome. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to get my hands on this for sure. Very much appreciate your time today. Tell everyone again how they can find, and please do mention the dates of your um, live uh, live event that's, or virtual event that's coming up, I think, pretty quick here. Yeah, I think um, our event is October 15th through the 17th. So if you're watching this, it's going to be, uh, it will probably already pass. We will have some recordings available, but it's called Flip Hacking Live, and we do it every year. Every October we do it. Um, it was supposed to be live in person this year, but we're doing a really cool virtual event with COVID-19 and everything. We, we do plan on doing it live next year. And I'm hoping, we usually do it in San Diego the past four years. I think I'm going to bring, we're going to bring it to Orlando this year. I probably am going to try to do that again next year. So, um, but yeah, sevenfigureflipping.com. I have a podcast called Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. Any of those places are a great place to uh, check us out. We have a ton of free resources, all that stuff. If you want to get into house flipping, wholesaling, any of the real estate business. This is awesome. Thank you so much. I'm definitely uh, changing changing my mind around this topic and stop watching more of the HGTV stuff. <laughs> and get more get off HGTV and get, I'll tell you what, we have a YouTube channel, a seven figure flipping YouTube channel, and we created right. a, a TV show um, to like rival against uh, HGTV. So we did like the investor's version of HGTV. It's a buddy of mine in Salt Lake City who's flipping four houses in seven days. So you can follow along with the, like a 10 episode series of ours on our YouTube channel. And at the end, we reveal whether they did it or not. So um, four houses in seven days, like full renovations in seven days. Crazy. Okay, I'm going to find it and we're going to link it up uh, in the links below. This is really cool. I'm interested. Yeah, in that. that'll be, that's, that's a fun one to watch. I'll tell you that. And it's, it was professionally edited, done. Uh, I sent my videographer out to Salt Lake. Some crazy stuff happened. COVID-19, an earthquake, all this crazy stuff happened while they were there. It's really, it's really fun to watch. Okay, don't give it away. We'll have to watch it. Awesome. All right. Again, Bill, thanks so much. This was amazing. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me.